So it's going? It's going. All right. Hi, kids. It's Q. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Ryan Charles Sheen. Hi. <laughs> um, the idea was thrown out that we do a podcast since Ryan couldn't come talk to the class. So we're doing a podcast episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And I'm sorry I couldn't come. Hopefully sometime in the future I'll be able to come. Yeah. Dr. Ryan will have time for us. I think it makes sense to start out with our high school journey. Yeah, definitely. What's our high school journey, Ryan? You can start even earlier than that. I think like when, I think they just mean like our life together. Uh, well, we met theoretically in fourth grade. Yeah. I was mad because you read more than me. I, that's the first time I remember you is when you I you were the last one standing at the AR. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read more than everyone. Yeah, but that's because I didn't do anything else. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But I remember yeah. being like that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> more than one people have actually said that to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to high school together. I didn't really. I was not the best student in high school <laughs> or before. I think around seventh or eighth grade, I started discovering that it didn't, like, you didn't die if you didn't study and you could probably still pass things. Yeah. Um, I kind of did the, I kind of did the opposite. I was like, I can just kind of mess around until high school when it counts. I think that's a better idea. Yeah. 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 But luckily, you're really smart. So. Yeah. I just got worse and worse, though. Like, I, I barely passed chemistry and stuff. Really? Like, senior year. Oh, yeah. Senior year, Griffin and I, we had this cooking class. <laughs> um, and that, that that's a whole other story. But there was this huge project that was, like, 30% of our grade. <laughs> and we had got 100% on all the stuff because it's cooking. Uh-huh. And, like, uh, and we just didn't do it. And we wow. passed with exactly a 70% and a C minus. Wow. That was like, that our, makes a lot of sense yeah. for you too. <laughs> we just, were just like, do we not want to do this? We're like, yeah, that's fair. Cause like I, until that point in school, I just like didn't do anything. And then I was like, all right, I guess I have to turn stuff in now sometimes. Yeah. And the teacher was really disappointed, but like, I don't know what she expected. It was, and then, you know, fast forward to medical school and I, I passed medical school courses with exactly 70% and a C minus. Yeah. With exactly the minimum I needed to keep going. The classics. Yeah. The Ryan classics. So that's actually been somewhat of a trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happens when you put a bunch of little smart, weird kids in a class together and let their neuroses rise. And then they're like, yeah, yeah uh, I don't really have to try except for the bare minimum. And we got really weird. Yeah. We had a group of friends that we'd all been stuck with since fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And we all just ended up knowing each other really well, which isn't always that good of a thing like i think it would have been better if we'd been forced to meet new people and stuff i think we would have probably been more socially adept however our crew is so good that's true we all did well after that yeah I think that, like yeah. i don't know anybody with friends as good as ours honestly yeah seriously i know a lot of people that just like they don't talk to anyone from their like yeah my my, my core friend group is still from yeah high school completely or earlier even, like yeah. Serena and Zoe. Yeah. Um, I've known them since little little years. Yeah, I've known my best friends, and we still talk frequently. And it's, yeah. So. All right. 
Anything else notable from high school other than that we were little aliens? Uh, yeah, we were little aliens. I spent, I think most of what I got out of high school ended up just being socialization and yeah. the people I met. Completely agree. Um, Although Cabbage did 100% prepare me for my intro chem series. I didn't have to do anything in, in college when I got to chem. I was just like, I had to learn a lot. I know this. Because I had one of the bad chemistry teachers, so I yeah. I was in I was like expected to know things that I just didn't know. Like, I, I had no to clue. teach myself. Yeah, no, I went to the first lecture and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I did that as a sophomore, dude. I mean, yeah. Easy. Just crazy. Yeah, right. Cabbage was a really good teacher. I yeah. saw him the other day. Really? What's yeah. he doing? He's doing well. He's the head of the department now. Good. Yeah. Oh, say so, okay. So for context, Cabbage is like my science teacher that pretty much made me want to be a science teacher and i saw him the other day and he gave me a bunch of materials and cool semi offered me a job lol cool but i was like nah i got my yeah. i got my little ruffians back in idaho yeah i think finding people that <clears throat> inspire you like that is really important i found mine in college not in high school yeah you're bengali teacher yeah <laughs> <laughs> And the director of the virology lab that I worked in. Good old Alex. Yep. I love Alex. Okay. All right. We're moving on to the next question. Let's do a uh, favorite animal and why. Favorite animal What's your and favorite why? Animal and My why? favorite animal is an elephant. Nice. And why is because they're super intelligent and family oriented and they like have their own culture and they like visit the grave sites and bones of their really yeah they do they have like el the elephant graveyards from the lion king are real but way less scary elephants go back whenever they pass by their migration like route to the past and they like visit the bones of their dead and like touch them and like show their young them wow. yeah it's pretty cool how do they talk do they like move their trunks or do they like move no other? no you know they have they're like incredibly low bass rumble oh really they're yeah like, so like they can feel it across miles yeah Whoa. That's pretty awesome. That's What's your favorite cool. animal in Y, Ryan? Uh, I like, um, it's more of a type. I like uh, urban adapters. So like, <laughs> like raccoons. Crows, rats, and raccoons are really good examples. Um, things that are thriving because of human change. And the all, all of those, while they're like benefiting off humans right now, if humans disappeared from the face of the earth, they'd still do great. Yeah, they'd be like whatever. Um, and crows especially are really smart. I like I like birds. Yeah, corvids um, are awesome. They they like no faces. They did that big study at University of Washington where they had like people in Dick Cheney masks oh, yeah. go and like harass the crows. <laughs> harass the crows. And they like remembered, remember and then they taught like their yeah, young to like hate too. the people in the Dick Cheney masks. Yeah. So, so we, we both we both choose ones that <laughs> teach their young weird stuff. Yeah, so I like crows. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's go with one that's just for Ryan, because that's easy for okay. me. Do you want a family? Um, I am still figuring that out. Yeah, because I told my kids, I was like, I feel like his, his thoughts have changed on that, so. A little bit. I still know that at this moment in time right now, I'm living life far too selfishly to really want to have kids yeah um just because i i need to finish training and that would take priority over literally everything else yeah and so i'm just not in a place for that but i keep thinking it would be a really meaningful thing to do later and when i'm dead 
if I could make a kid or two that wasn't a net detriment to the world, yeah. that would be a really positive <laughs> yeah. impact. For sure. Because, um, <laughs> so. yeah, it's nice when somebody thinks about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think about it a lot. When they, when they think about if they're too selfish to have children. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents planned meticulously as well. Oh, yeah, for and sure. I think that I inherited a lot of that. Probably just learned behavior. I completely trust Blair and Mary Lou to make the best choices possible. Well, more Mary Lou, yeah. I guess, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, but... <laughs> Blair's fun, though. Blair made a couple of good decisions in his life. <laughs> yeah. Marrying mom was and one then of them. I was going to say, and then Mary Lou took care of it from there. Yeah. LOL. All right, your turn. Okay. Uh, you, there's another page, too. You don't, have oh, to, okay. you don't have to stick to the page. Get rid of one U.S. state. Which would it be? Which would the U.S. state to go? Voted one, off the island. Down to 49. Mm-hmm. Who are... Uh, there's so many good choices. Yeah. For people that I just don't need. I gotta go. I mean, it's definitely, it, it's in a region, that's for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's like a whole the South. region. <laughs> uh, and the Midwest is pretty bad too. too. I could yeah. get rid of Missouri. Yeah, Missouri could go, but I don't think that would be my pick. Arkansas? Uh, yeah, Arkansas is up there for me. I'm Arkansas gonna, I'm gonna go with Arkansas. pretty bad, yeah. yeah. that's That was my choice as well. And uh, our why? Terrible schooling. Yep. Um, I, it's definitely in the bottom 45. Yeah, I think it's actually 49th right now. What's 50th? Um, I don't remember. I don't know. It depends on where you at. Like, look for the stats. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, terrible schooling. Terrible healthcare. Yep. Um, not a lot of opportunity. Nope. Just a dry, flat, yep. terrible place. Terrible really. place. Yeah. Not, it is one of the states that I think sort of brings down the union. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, for sure. So sorry if you're from Arkansas, but... Um, is there one from Arkansas? It's gotta go. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Let's go with something nice. What are, what are our favorite things in okay. each other's careers? I think my favorite thing about your career and being a teacher... Well, there are a couple things. So both of my parents are teachers. Um, they're retired now, but they, they were teachers, and... The summers are amazing. Sure are. They're especially amazing if you have kids because you can just hang out with your kids for three months, which is it's nice. really cool. We, we used to go on trips. But I think about your career specifically, I think the fact that you get to work with so many kids and have such a positive impact on so many young people is just like really, really, really cool. And it's sort of like a force multiplier. Yeah. So you like spread good that keeps spreading mm -hmm. and keeps propagating. And I think that's really, really, really cool. And also just the, you know, that you, I like your attitude on teaching. Um, Thanks, Ryan. For like teaching what's important. Um, yeah. And I just think that you, you will have an immensely positive impact throughout your career oh uh, that kids i'm positive to a degree that i i don't think that i will um and i think it's, so i think that's really cool my favorite thing about your career so far is all the stories that i get to hear <laughs> um uh the virology shirts are pretty great we're building a collection 
Yes, yes. In fact, he's wearing one right now. That's a Hawaiian shirt with uh, different amoeba viral cells. There's some, uh, bacteria. there's some bacteria on there. There's like a coronavirus looking thing with some spikes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a pox virus somewhere. Ooh. Like, I don't know. Uh, no, nah, I don't know. None of those are really not. looking poxy. But it's got some good uh, size difference, too. You know, you got the big <laughs> it ones does. and the really it small does. ones. So I'd be like, oh, get those down to the nanometers, guys. Uh, but yeah, the stories are good. They, they are, are good. Certainly crowd pleasers. Um, but really, I just like to hear all about viruses from Ryan and the sweet conventions he gets to go to. Yeah, I was just at another virology convention mm-hmm. in Florida. It was a wonderful. Yeah, I go Florida. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I also like to tell people the story of how you decided to become a doctor. That's one of my favorites. Oh, nice. Just be like, oh, yeah, he was going to go be a, a Navy pilot, right? Yep. Navy, little fighter pilot. And then they're like, your legs are too long. After I joined. After you joined. And then they're like, well, you only said that you wanted to be a pilot, so I guess we'll let you go. Yeah, they gave me the choice. I could be a like surface warfare officer, which is like a person on a ship, mm-hmm. uh, or I could leave. Yeah. And I did not want to. And you were like, bye, Uncle Sam. Yep. And so I worked for 28 days for the United States Navy. Yep. And I chain smoked during that time. Oh, 28 days later, he had black lung. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was bad. I was coughing. It was not a good decision. Um, but I left that light behind me and I kept the haircut and, and they gave me a yeah. bag that I still use. Yeah. And then you studied for two weeks. Yep. Casually te- tested in the top ten percent, I believe. Uh, it was a, of the it was a, MCAT, it was a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Oh, how, <laughs> how much higher? Top five? Were you top five? Uh, definitely. I, I forget exactly, but it was really good. Wow. Well, but then he passed medical school with the uh, with C's. With C's, so, C minuses. C minuses. Most med yeah. schools are pass fail, but mine was not. So I actually got a lot of C minuses. Like nice. my ending gpa i don't know it went up a lot because the last two years you're graded subjectively where people just yeah just write down yeah. a number of like how good you are at being a medical student and i did very well at that but for the first two years my ending gpa was like a one nine or something yeah like, but i also feel like you like didn't hate your life as much as some of the other med students. I hated my life in the first few years a lot. It was oh, really, for really sure. Brutal. But after but that, did you hate as much as the other kids in your class? No, that's actually true. Yeah, I was like yeah. comparatively. Yeah. I still think you hated life less. The process selects for people that are very stress motivated. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure why, but it does. And they're just like, we should ruin the mental health of these doctors. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Which one's next? Let's do favorite time in history and why. Favorite time in history and why. Oh, man. Do you have one off the, off mm-hmm. the top of your head? Okay, you go and I'll it's think. Right now, because most of human history has just been suffering in misery at a scale that's almost impossible to comprehend. Yeah. I, I pretty much agree. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to be born in any other time, certainly. Now, if I could be super rich, maybe Ooh. I could, like, if that's the qualification. Because I know for a fact all of my ancestors were definitely slaves until probably, like, like not horrible very long lives. Ago. You yeah. know, like, peasants, farmers. Yeah. Sharecroppers. And, up. like, just the advantages we have in sanitation and, like, healthcare yeah. are 
pretty insurmountable. Um, so I too would say right now. However, it's certainly not my favorite time to like learn about yeah, in general. Like true. if I went to a history class and they were like, let's check out what's happening right now. I'd be like, get that into, um, what's the class? Government, where it belongs. So I, I guess, can learn about it right now. I think it would be kind of cool to be in like the primordial soup. The primordial soup, You know, really dude. go way back. Yeah. When life if was I, if really bad. I could just have bad. a bird's eye. <laughs> I like feudal Japan. Ooh, okay. Um, I like ancient Egypt. Uh, the Mayans are pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Vikings are pretty cool. Vikings were not particularly cool. Uh, they were cool in certain ways. Like, they weren't cool people, but they were interesting people. people. I also like the Mongolian Empire. Similar reasons. Similar. Interesting, and yet Unimaginable scale of atrocities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Just like... In fact, Garrett was, like, reading this paper that talked about how much... Genghis Khan reduced the like carbon output of humanity. Oh my god, really? Yeah, it was really interesting. You, you should ask him about it later because it's pretty sizable. <laughs> I like, believe apparently, it. like even back then, there was a noticeable temperature difference. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so if I were to go with like romantic envisionings of history, I would definitely just be a pirate. Oh, yeah. The idea of being a pirate and, like, sailing around and stealing things and then landing yeah. in fort and just going on this huge bender. just like Sea of Thieves, dude. Yeah. And, like, ending up, like, I don't know, you come back with, like, your money and then you spend it all in, like, three days in and three you days, wake up yeah. in a pig trough and then you're just like, well, So it's really just on the being sea. a commercial fisherman today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tragic. Um, I think I picked that one. I think you did too. Let's let's enter into a real one. How does religion factor into healthcare? Okay. This was specifically asked about kosher body mm-hmm. replacements, but also anything else you want to yeah tip into? Um, go for there. The other big one. So the big one that comes up a lot more than I've seen with the kosher replacements is the uh, because actually a lot of pig insulin is uh, insulin's porcine. Some of it uh-huh. used to be yes, used to be derived from pigs for like diabetes, um, and so for the kosher thing specifically, there's like exceptions. Oh, okay. Uh, like if you're starving, um, God would prefer you to eat a pig than die. Than die, yeah. So you're allowed to do it in, and there's there's like a word for it. Oh yeah. Um, and there's also like thought leaders in the community that all got together and like said, you know. They thought about it and they said, you know, porcine insulin is okay. It's yeah. like life saving. It's it's not an abomination. Like it's not a sin or whatever because you need it. And um, and actually, some of those I have not read them, but I have heard that some of them are very interesting, like theological sort yeah. of musings, hmm. sort of. You know, the stuff like, well, you know, God allowed us to do this, so yeah, it's okay. And so for specifically for pig hearts, uh, the thought is that it will probably end up falling under the same sort of thing. Yeah. It's funny that we were talking about this just yesterday. Yeah. And uh, one of the kids talked about it. <laughs> they were talking about pig kidneys and pig hearts. Yeah. And we've already, we've got heart in a person. They died in like 56 days and it was horrible. Um, they did not do particularly well. Yeah. But they had already had a human deceased donor heart transplant that was failing. And if that happens, you're yeah, dead anyways. Like, yeah. 
Um, and then they recently did a study that I read where they took uh, pig kidneys and they put them in people. And that one was crazy because they they were brain dead people, but they needed to like biopsy the kidneys to like keep sampling them and stuff. So they opened up the femoral artery, which is like the inside of the thigh, sort of like halfway between the knee and the groin. And they like pulled out the artery. They exteriorized the artery and they just put the pig kidney like on the outside. Yeah. That's wild. Because what kidneys do is they take blood in and urine comes out. Basically, they're like a filter. So they just hooked the artery up to the kidney. And in seconds, urine started coming out. Whoa. And then they just left it in for like five days. And they did this to like five or six people. And they just had like. They were just kept in like wet rags on the exterior of the That's body. That's crazy. They didn't like put them in the abdomen or anything. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and those were pigs again. Um, but the big one that comes up a lot is Jehovah's Witnesses with blood products. Oh. Um, and so everyone, everyone gets consented specifically for blood products when they go in for surgery or something. So it's like, do you consent for the surgery? Do you consent to blood products? Um, and I've, I've personally dealt with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses that did not want blood products and you I mean you have to respect that they're allowed to make that choice and so you can do other things we gave them like a really high dose iron diet we gave them uh, there's like this substance that your kidney makes that causes your body to create more blood it's called erythropoietin, erythropoietin. Uh, normally it's the thing that senses if you're changing an elevation or something oh interesting um, but we can give people synthetic stuff like that to try to boost and she the lady that i worked with did well um that's cool she needed if she was anyone else she would have got a transfusion and been fine immediately but it took her a little bit longer interesting but yeah so that's the one that actually happens and it gets really sticky when it's a kid yeah uh and apparently I've been told a couple times that what you're supposed to do when you're consenting a Jehovah's Witness for blood products is you always get them alone when you ask. Oh, yeah. Um, just to make sure that they're, if they're truly willing to die for their convictions, uh, you don't, you know, you don't want to be influenced by people around them. So is there like a statute that the parent can't like stop the child from getting life-saving care? The way it was taught to me in medical school for the ethics questions is that you always transfuse the child. That's okay. always the correct thing to do. Cool. Because I was like, yeah, I don't know if I... Uh... Because you're always supposed to act in the best interests of the child. And the child is not thought to be able to make their own decision about that Yeah. yet. Yeah. And it's not a decision that adults can make for them. But... That's good. But some of that, like some of that stuff, gets weird uh, because you can have stuff where, like, teen pregnancies, the mom is like fifteen or something mm-hmm. and can make medical decisions about the kid. Oh. But if she's not emancipated, she can't make medical decisions about, about herself. herself. That's so. And you get in these really wow. sticky. Wow, that's situations. wild. Yeah. Um, and there aren't any good answers to those yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Ethics. Um. So yeah, that one got kind of yeah. heavy, which is good. We'll 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 choose a lighthearted one next. Yeah, a lighthearted one. Like, how would we fake our deaths? Like, how would we fake our deaths? Okay. Did you come up with something, or you want me to go first? I want you to go first, and okay. I'll take some inspiration, maybe. So obviously, if you're going to fake your own death, you can't like 
take your phone or right. anything like that. That's just ridiculous. So I'd have to find a way to siphon money first because okay. I couldn't support myself otherwise. Yep. So I think what I would do is, well, with Garrett, I really wouldn't have to do anything because he wouldn't probably notice if I spent all my money and took some of his too. <laughs> He'd probably just be like, wow, we're kind of poor right now. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, he must be. he'd be like, I've been buying too much on Amazon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so first I'd have to stockpile some money. Yep. But then I think I would just up and leave and not take a single thing. Okay. Like literally nothing. How are you leaving? Are you taking your car? No, I'd take a bus. Bus. But pay with cash yeah. and disguise myself. And then I would just, like, literally go to somewhere terrible. Yeah. Because uh, it's hard to fake your death somewhere not terrible. Yeah. So it'd be hard to exit the country because I wouldn't have a passport. So I think it'd be more, like, it'd be, like, a disappearance thing. Like, where mm-hmm. did she go? Like, she must have gotten kidnapped. Okay. Um, and then just have to stay away long enough to be presumed dead. To be presumed dead. Okay. Yeah. Um, I th- I would do a similar thing. Cash is going to be king. Um, it's not possible. I don't think it would be very... It might be possible uh, to do it in the United States, but there's no way. I would leave the country on a passport, though. Would you? Uh, yeah, and I'd You'd go to a country first. with really leaky borders. So I'd, like, fly into Rio or something. Yeah. And go north into like El Salvador or something. Yeah, I thought uh, about that, but then I was yeah. like, do I want to be alone in El Salvador with no well, way to leave? Well, that's the thing ever? is that it's going to suck. It's definitely going to suck. Yeah. Like if you go into you have to go into hiding and you can't tell anyone about your past and like I guess the question is if disappearing would be a different question than faking my death. Uh, okay. So we to, want to like fake our actual death. If I wanted death. to fake the death, I think I would do like a boating accident. Me too. Where you just destroy the boat and then get like picked up by one trusted friend. Yeah. And maybe go back to land, maybe cross the border into Mexico. And if you had enough cash, you could probably get somewhere that you could start a life. Yeah. I I don't know if I'd even have to like fake a crash I think I could potentially just take a little crabbing, a crabbing, crabbing expedition. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how how secure are Canada's water borders. I don't know. Because I could potentially just like pop up, release my boat, and then they'd be like, that's weird. Yeah. This empty boat's floating around. I think if you're doing a small private craft... And I, yeah, and I do have family in Canada that, yeah. like, doesn't know the rest of my family at all and would literally never talk to them. So I could potentially just be like, yep, she's dead. Yeah. But I think it would be very hard to domestically fake your own death and keep living in the United yeah, States. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. You could go to Alaska, maybe, and yeah, not ever see it. Like, if you went to just, like, an Alaskan village, yeah. you'd never have to see anybody else. Yeah. Ever. But something like a boating accent where you, like, file a plan and you're, like, very communicative about what you're going to do what you're and going then you to do don't and where? return yeah. would probably be best. Because if you're, like, trying to, like, fake, 
remains or something. Yeah, faking like, remains is is dodgy because then you have to get somebody's remains. Yeah, that's true. So those aren't easy to source. Those are so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you would probably have an easier time than me, I guess. That's true. I have access to bodies, and every couple of years, someone in the autopsy—not couple of years, but there's like every <laughs> ten to fifteen years, someone that does autopsies is found guilty of selling parts nice it Love just that. happened it was uh somewhere on the east coast it was like harvard or something yeah. like the director of autopsy was like selling was like, to collectors i think wow yeah that's like not even helpful no it's not like it's sometimes <laughs> i hear about them like yeah they were selling like for research or they were selling like no it was just like but it's just like, like, like hey like i'll sell you a brain it was like rich rich people wanted a part of the body yeah. oh okay yeah. so. hmm Bummer. Ryan, where did the Pentagon misplace the $3 trillion before 9-11? So I'm going to be honest. I was not aware that the Pentagon had misplaced $3 trillion. I also um, wasn't. I'm going to be honest as well. But I would suspect uh, that it probably, if money is being lost, I think it's the result of probably corruption and greed and so it probably went somewhere it wasn't yeah. supposed to yeah i feel like somebody pocketed it yeah. such as life yeah like but, pretty much anytime money goes missing i'm like yep somebody pocketed yeah, it like yeah. that's all there is to it <laughs> but i don't know uh exactly what they did with that three million dollars i i'm not three really trillion three trillion apparently i wish i got some i wish that. i got uh, some of that too dude could be a rounding error you know, like maybe the three trillion dollars never existed. Yeah, they just had kinda, so much kinda, money. They were like, "Whoops!" Yeah, rounded wrong. See, rounding is important, kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your turn. Okay, let's do worst trouble we got into as children. Mm. Okay. Um. <sighs> that I got caught for? That's actually a good question. Trouble we got into. into. I don't know. Because you can get into trouble without getting caught. That's true. Like, I feel like this implies that we got caught, though. Yeah. Let's do what that you got caught for. Because anything really heinous I did, I never really got caught. Yeah, and anything I, heinous I did, I never got caught and I never spoke of again. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I think we're good about that. We're, we don't feel the need to share, uh, with anyone. Like not that you just got to keep it to yourself. Can't share with your it's closest friend. Lesson, Can't yeah. share with your sibling. Sometimes you just got to keep it. You got to take this to the, to the grave. Just to the old number one. Um, but I think most of you know the story that my mom was the most pissed at me. And it was that, <laughs> I was like three, or maybe I think I had just turned four. Okay. Because that was like my argument for okay. why I should be able to do this. <laughs> and X-Files was my favorite show. Okay. And my mom and dad had just gotten new, like, cream-colored carpets. Okay. Um, this is a strong setup. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, X-Files was playing in the living room, which I couldn't see from the kitchen, where I was drinking a strawberry burrito. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, I just like went to go out there with my strawberry burrito. My mom was like, <laughs> no. And I was like, but why? And she was like, because you'll spill it on my new carpet. So I was like, mom, <laughs> I'm four. 
actually. <laughs> so I don't think I will. I think I'm pretty much an adult. And she was like, okay. If that's what you want to decide to do. Okay. But just know that if a spot of that gets on my carpet, there's going to be some serious repercussions. And I was like, who'd be stupid enough to spill a burrito, dude? <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I was sitting on the floor with my burrito on the floor next to me. And uh, I wasn't usually afraid of X-Files, but the jump scared me. <laughs> I, I do get a jump scare. I'm not usually like truly frightened of things, uh, but uh, the sudden noise will get me sometimes. And so I jumped and I knocked it over. And my dad didn't notice because he was watching X-Files. <laughs> and my mom was like making food or something. So I went to the bathroom and I got the bath mat. Oh. And I just, which was bright pink, by the way. <laughs> Which I just quietly took out and put over the the <laughs> bright red stain on the cream rug and sat atop in hopes that people would not notice. Right. And um, <laughs> dad didn't. <laughs> but mom came out of the kitchen and literally was just like, no, no, no. And uh, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble for that one. But usually I I had a lot of freedoms as a kid. Yeah. Like my parents were very like unless you're actively hurting somebody like you can try and do stupid things. Yeah. Um and then my mom died and then my dad was like gone for most of the day so then I had like pretty much infinite and freedom. And never got in trouble ever again. No. <laughs> certainly not that, but uh but uh yeah, I had a lot of room to just kind of explore my own boundaries. And expectations. I think that's important, you know. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty good story. I really like the um, attempt to deceive. Yeah, at the end. yeah, yeah. I was always I was taught to deny, deny, deny. So um, I was just putting that into practice. Deny and then counter accuse. Yeah. Well, I didn't do that, but yeah, I should have maybe. Skill you pick up later. Problem with at, at that time, I was an only child. So. Oh, you don't have. So there was easy. like there were no yeah. pets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My only option was dad, who was like semi asleep on the couch. So. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. There wasn't a lot. Um, I think that actually I was thinking about this when you were talking, and I didn't have any like memorable blow up events. There were certainly things that did happen that caused blowups, but I, I feel think, like Russ got into more trouble. Than yeah, he did. He did. Um, Russ got into like big trouble. Like he, yeah, he got mad. Russ is Ryan's older brother, by the way. Yeah, uh, and he is a special human, a little less calm than I am, and he lacks some of my natural temperance. Yes. Uh, and so one time he was like, we had to pick up like leaves in the yard, and he just got <laughs> angry, and he was like. Well, this is for the birds. I'm just going to cut the tree down. Oh, I remember. And he's got I, I remember that uh, that stump. Luckily, well, that that was that was a different one. This, no, it wasn't the one in the back. Mm -mm. No, this was the one in the front. He just took it like a handsaw to it, like what we used to cut Christmas trees, oh. and just started sawing, and Good it like God. it pinched immediately, so oh. he couldn't do any damage. But wow! And one time, like he is really annoyed with lights when he sleeps. <laughs> And Me too, actually. we had, like, this security light that was next to his window, and it turned on one night, and he got mad. So he, he popped the screen out, and he kept a baseball bat under his bed. 
And just unscrew the light. He rest. was like leaning out of the window, like hitting the light. Oh my god! With his baseball bat at like one in the morning, and my dad didn't think that was awesome. Yeah. But as far as the trouble I got into, I got into consistent low grade trouble. Yeah. My entire childhood, especially in regards to my use of computers. Yeah. Um, because I loved computers. I loved computer games. I loved everything to do with computers. Um, and my parents didn't really see a lot of value in that. Yeah. And there, that caused a lot of sort of constant low-grade friction and getting into trouble. Because yeah. they'd always try to set limits and I would never... I, w- I would get around them however I possibly could. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about the trouble from, like, teachers, which I did get into yeah, consistent I, I thought about and that. serious trouble. I thought about the teachers, too, but you went with when you were a kiddo. So You're right. Sort of... um, I was a little menace to teachers because I was bored. Um, yeah. So once we got into PAL, then that lessened quite a bit. Yeah. But until then, I was uh, a devastating force to a classroom, I'll be honest. I like to sow dissent and unsurety like what age are you talking about like as early as like kinder like i like to keep other kids at nap time okay Okay. and then like just ruin the teacher's day (laughs) and then i had two kindergarten teachers and i like to play them against each other Uh um and i had one i liked and one i didn't like so i just like to like really lower the one i liked's opinion of Mm. the one i didn't like as much as possible and then smile at the one I didn't like when the one I liked was like. Yeah, we really did take different arcs because you were, generally speaking, very good in high school. Yeah, I, um, I was a lot better in high school because and I, just I think got I was just trying to get my nieces through. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got it out young and then my brain developed a little bit more and yeah. I had my nieces. Yeah. And then you were like, I have all these extra freedoms. Yeah, I was like, consequences are made up. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the value in doing anything, and I didn't get burned by it either. I'd say we certainly trespassed together a lot, quite a few times. Oh yeah, I didn't. Even, I I still don't even um, think that's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal, but like specifically the time we went into the uh, the field at the Catholic yeah high school. Yeah. I know. We, I remember we had to hop the fence and I walk away for, from stadium. some sirens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there, there were some sirens every <laughs> once in a while, but again, it doesn't count if you don't get caught, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. How many years of training do you need to be a heart surgeon, and what are the qualifications? Okay. Um, it depends on what type of heart surgeon, because there are different types and paths to be a heart surgeon. Um, but the first thing you have to do is you have to do all of high school, uh, which is however many years that is, mm-hmm. 12, 13, mm-hmm. something like that. Then you have to do a bachelor's degree which you can get in less time but most people take four Mm -hmm. and then you need to do four years of medical school and so we're at eight years post-college right now post high school post high school yeah yeah four years post-college and at this point you're a doctor and you have to do a surgical residency and there are a couple ways you can either do internal medicine cardiology interventional cardiology so three years for medicine, three years for cardiology, two years for interventional cardiology. Hmm. So another eight years. Or you can do uh, general surgery, which is five years, and then add on two or three years of cardiothoracic surgeon Interesting. training. Um, so it's a lot, and the qualifications are that you be harder than nails and love working. I have never met anyone that works more. Neurosurgeons work more generally speaking, but CT surgeons are like the busiest people on the planet and they go to war every yeah. single case. Oh, yeah. 
they none of their cases are mailed in like because they do all these things now where like they replace valves by like going in through the arteries and they don't even open the chest yeah so if you're trained to open the chest now you're opening the chest for like crazy stuff. really bad stuff Yeah. yeah and they'll like walk out covered in blood and uh so you need to be really 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 tough uh smart is you need a you need to be smart to get through medical school but the thing that keeps people from being a heart surgeon is they're not tough as nails. Yeah, they're, they're not built like that yeah like that sounds like actually the worst thing to yeah me. like you're seriously you're doing like 96 hour weeks like for, every forever yeah forever like uh, you get to tone it down a little bit after training but in training which is like eight years you're doing like 96 hour work weeks for eight years and then you graduate and you reach the promised land where now you're only working like 60 to 70 hour weeks (laughs) yeah Um, so it's really 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 hardcore yeah uh those people are not normal yeah it's a different breed for sure and they're a little pathological oh yeah i'm i i can't imagine generally speaking angry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine, like, the average psyche doing well. No, it doesn't. Like, a normal, well-adjusted person just chooses to do something else. Yeah. They're like, I don't need to do this. I could just do literally any other job and have more free time, and it would be easier. And yeah. they just do that. So it and, takes, and more enjoyable. Yeah. And better for your mental health, I'm yeah. sure. So you need to love pain and love the work. Yeah. You have to do both because if you only like one or the other, you'll end up in a different field. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Love. Uh, so, what's harder, drawing or clay work? Okay, so for this, I think clay work is easier in its base form. Like you can make something functional. Oh, like out just of a clay. Pot? Yeah. Okay. Like you can make something functional and usable out of play out of clay. Like anybody could, really. That's fair. Um, I think I can make a pot or like a bowl, a thing yeah. that cold water. Yeah. Um, drawing is harder because there's not like mm-hmm. a base usefulness for a. Sh- oops, almost had to bleed. For a bad drawing. You know what I mean? Right. There's not like. Right. M- my drawing is not going to save my life if I need to boil water. Right. Right. Uh, I guess if you could draw a map, that'd be good. Yeah. Maybe. But so I think in base usefulness, clay work is probably easier. But I think to make truly glorious okay. clay, yeah, uh, that's probably harder. But neither of them are things that are attainable to me. Yep. <laughs> so yep. I I appreciate them both very much in that aspect. Yeah, I agree with you. I think those are really good points. Drawing is really, really, really difficult for me, and. This is like a pet peeve I had with that I only realized later is it was just like considered okay to be bad. Yeah. At art. Yeah. It was like, it was one of these things where it was like you either got it or you didn't. Yeah. And if you didn't, that was considered totally okay, but also you were hopeless. It was kind of like the same, but opposite as opposite as, as math. Yeah. Where it was like, oh yeah, some people are just good at that and like, you'll yeah. never be that good. And it's so like, well, you know, it. it's, it's a learnable skill and I wish I had been forced to take drawing. I do too. And because it's really, really useful to communicate. Yeah. To be able to quickly draw something that looks okay, you can communicate so well. So well, yeah. 
And it, I never got anyone who said, hey, if you work at this, you could get better at drawing. You could like yeah, become a functional like, drawer. Yeah, you're pretty bad. Yeah. And, there, and it was considered just normal and okay to be bad at it and nothing you could do about it. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like all the art was, all the art classes were like, you take the people that have a natural ability for art and you make them better. Yeah. Uh, there, there certainly wasn't a like. And I'm sure that there were people that did go in with nothing and learned. But yeah. I I'd never. I wasn't one of them. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at this. I'll never be good at this. So that's that's a regret I have from the old. Yeah. The old education system. I, I wish that they put more stock in. Yep, and I I draw to professionally communicate all the time. Yep. And yep. I make posters and presentations that require graphic design all the time professionally. Yep. Yeah, I wish I had more training. I agree. Because sometimes I write notes for the kids on the board, and I'm like, Phew. yeah, <laughs> wow. Because it's something you just can't explain in words. Like yeah. some things just don't make sense to explain in words. Yep. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Okay, let's like, let's talk about what kids should do if they don't have a career plan. Like if they don't even know at all what they want to do. Okay. So specifically under this are gap year community college and private versus public college. Okay. I definitely think that um, it's totally normal and cool to not have a plan. And it is likely to change even if you did. Mm -hmm. Like just like we talked about, yeah. I had that plan that changed very, very rapidly. Um, yeah. And a lot of how I ended up where I did was because of people that I had worked with in the past and established good relationships with in the past. Um, and so I think that basically, if you don't have a career plan, uh, you don't need some like long-term grand calling. I, it'd be totally okay to just like find a job and work on yourself or just chill for a year yeah like live another year see see how you feel at the end of that yeah um, i definitely don't think there's any rush because college is a huge investment college um, is a huge investment and you need something i think that it would be better to go in being more formed in what you want to do yeah um but community college is a great bet yeah you can Agreed. you can work a job and get some community college credits to make you know, so if you do want to go to a different college, you can only do two years or less. Yeah. And so people that do that end up with an efficient and cheap strategy. Yeah. Because no one cares where you did your, they no, just care where you like cares. got your diploma. So yeah. if you do your last credit at like Harvard, you can be like, I graduated yeah, from Harvard. Yeah, I graduated from Harvard. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, w I wish more people had the opportunity to travel before um, mm -hmm. they decided what they want to do because there's just so many different ideas and like yeah. things that don't really exist in our minds and that I think traveling especially yeah. opens up. So if you have the means to travel, I would definitely recommend traveling. And there are so many jobs that you don't even like think of. Yeah. But like, like it doesn't even have to be international. Like you just be yeah. within the States and then you're like, yeah. Oh yeah, they do that here. That's, that's wild. And some of them don't require a lot of training or some of them do, but it's like through a different route that if you'd just gone to like a college, you would never have even learned about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um also I wish more people would just get their AA at a community college because yeah, like, real. like I was just talking 
yesterday about how you can see in my college transcripts where I got less depressed. Yeah. You, like you the, the first that, yeah. two years of my college when I didn't really know what I wanted, like I was going to be an orthodontist, but I didn't like it. It mm-hmm. was boring. And I was like away for the first time. And like, I don't know, there was like some imposter syndrome happening mm-hmm. where I'm just like, do I, do I belong at mm-hmm. college? Like my grades were substantially worse, like mm-hmm. passing, but, um, nothing that like my last two years of college and then my teaching program the year after were like practically 4.0 yep um so and that was after i really decided what i wanted to do so um and i didn't start getting a lot out of u-dub until i reached upper level classes yeah the entry level classes at the university of washington were horrible yeah they were designed to break you and make you not be able because they let more people into the college than they let into specific programs yeah so you'd have like a thousand people enter the school that wanted to be a computer science major and like work for amazon but they'd only let 200 in yep so like the first years of classes were just designed to fail people yeah and if i had skipped those and just came in later it would have been so much better yeah similar at western but not to the extent but like the first until you were in your program, yeah, the, all those classes were designed to weed people out yep. and purposefully like break people. Yep. Um, so if you just did your under like your general credits and then like intro whatever you're interested in, yeah, at a community college, and then you just went to the upper level level classes, I think you would be infinitely yep. happier and more secure yep. in yourself. And another thing that I think is just a general career advice that I like to give out is I think it's really important to keep, keep looking and always be applying. Um, so, you know, it costs money and time to apply to college. Sure. Yeah. It costs time to apply to jobs. Generally applying to jobs is free. Yeah. Uh, but especially with jobs, like you can just apply and you know, maybe if someone gives you a great financial aid package, then you go and it's free or something. Yeah. Uh, and you lose, you can just say no. Um, and the process of applying, although it hurts and it sucks and no one likes it, <laughs> yeah. is really good. It's good practice. It is good practice. You do stuff like that your entire life. And so I've seen, I've seen advice that says you should apply no matter how happy you are in your job, you should apply and interview for another job at least yearly. Huh. You should yeah. be looking at the market, like knowing what, you know, knowing what other people are getting paid, what the other jobs look like. Yeah. And you know, maybe Make a career switch or yeah. move jobs. Yeah. Because, so. like, when I worked for the Department of Agriculture, like, going into that job, I was just like, oh, yeah, Mary Powers did it. I can make money in this. Mm-hmm. It's, it pays well. Uh, but I actually really, really liked the lab part. I didn't mm-hmm. really like getting, you know, chased by, by people dogs and, and, like, going to meth and, and have guns stuff. pulled yeah. on to me and stuff. Yeah. But I did love the lab work. So I, at that point, I was like, oh, good. I could hack it in a lab, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, just kind of trying different skills and seeing what you actually like versus what mm-hmm. you kind of romanticize in your yeah. head. Because there's lots yeah. of things you're like, oh, yeah, I would never do that. And then you yeah. do it. And you're like, actually, this is, like, a really good fit for me. Yep. Um, and some things that you think sound really cool that you're like, this is not. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually the worst. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would just try the things yeah. you're interested in and then try some things you're not interested yeah. in, uh, and just kind of see where, cause where your passion lies. I think that's another good point is it's like, it's okay to have your, the things that you're passionate about can be exterior to your job. Yeah. You can find a job that you 
just like like and then pursue your passions elsewhere. Yeah. And you can keep your hobbies hobbies too. Yeah. Like you don't have to like because sometimes making it into work just kind of ruins yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be something you've always traditionally loved. It can just be something yeah. that you're like, yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, private versus public colleges really fast. Public. Um, definitely Unless you get public. Any- yeah. outstanding financial aid package <laughs> yeah uh like if, if it pays for it. if if harvard gives you a full ride go to harvard yeah like if, if any you, private college will pay for you to go there go there if, if it's funded go for it but if it's not funded then the price is just extreme yeah. and the education is no better no big public universities are awesome yeah um they're great um, and they're cheaper cheaper yeah also certainly financially predatory yeah uh, uh, <laughs> loans i've been uh, preyed on my whole life yeah <laughs> lo- lo- loans especially are just literally meant to like break you yeah so certainly be careful with those and apply to as many scholarships as you can yep. like again it's annoying but you never know when you're going to just get an extremely large scholarship yep. especially because a lot of people really just don't apply a or lot grants, of people don't rule. apply yeah because yeah. it's hard to write the one page about yourself and yeah. it is i'm not like diminishing it, it, it that legitimately it's is. actually hard but you, it's doable and if yeah. you do it puts you ahead of like 90 percent yeah, of people for sure yeah. so if that's something you're interested in yeah all right i think i picked that one okay uh greatest struggles greatest struggles like in my life what are our what greatest, are our greatest struggles? struggles i'd say my greatest struggles in the past uh, we're becoming a human after my mom died, uh, mm-hmm. especially because I was like pseudo raising my nieces. Yeah. Um, but the kids kind of already know about me. Yeah, <laughs> I just remember in fifth grade when you said that your niece ate your homework, and, and that she was, like, very real. legitimately did yeah. eat my homework. Like my niece actually did truly eat my homework. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was a little bit of a a madhouse. Yeah uh in my in my childhood um so i think just like mentally mm-hmm. f- putting in mental work to kind of fix years of repression yeah <laughs> and yeah. like just trying to be an adult when i shouldn't have been yeah uh i think like to become who i am now mm-hmm. is certainly probably the biggest struggle i've had is doing it then and then also like healing mm-hmm. and kind of coming to terms with basically what I did and like what is expected of a child and what mm-hmm. childhood was actually like. Yeah. That's pretty significant struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, like one time I skinned my knee. No, I I'm mean, just kidding. my, my early childhood was <laughs> smoother. Um, most of my struggles came later. Okay. Wait. Do you remember when we were writing college applications and like everybody had real things to write about and then the twins literally, (laughs) Lauren wrote about like, like getting in that mild car accident and Sarah wrote about like spraining her ankle in gymnastics and I was just like, Ellie and Ellie was writing about like her parents divorce Mm -hmm. and like I was writing about my mom dying. It was just, it was really funny in that friend group to be like, everybody had like a significant issue and they were like scrambling for an issue to write about. (laughs) I didn't even write about an issue. I wrote about something positive that happened to me. Oh, that's nice. Oh, well, mine was positive. It was just like, it was like something that changed your life, which like it was inherently negative, but I think I'm a much better person than I would have been. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess for my struggles, a lot of my struggles came in school, medical school specifically, because I moved to Phoenix right before COVID happened. And then I was alone and the schooling was really, really, really hard. And I didn't have like imposter syndrome just because I figured since they were stupid enough to let me in, like, <laughs> that's on them. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't, no one deserves to be here. I'm just here now. So I'll do it. But, uh, there's pretty, there were, I don't know. I didn't mesh super well with a lot of the other people in the class. Yeah. They, I mean, I feel like your attitude is not the typical med school yeah, attitude. Yeah. I had a very different attitude. Um, and you know, even though my parents were, are extremely well educated and I still felt like I'd, just came from a different sort of life yeah than a lot of them for sure had different priorities and stuff so i was just alone and studying all the time and it was terrible and i really it was really hard yeah and honestly things like having good good strong friendships yeah that i could like rely on for really, sure really helped me get through that for sure um, yeah, like I, coming up here for that Thanksgiving was like life saving. Oh, we love having you for yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> My family's really disappointed you're not coming. This I know they were like devastated. I'm disappointed. They're like, why should we even have Thanksgiving? A friend's not going to be there. I mean, that's a valid question. <laughs> we should have it in July. And then something. Savannah was like, "Well, is he going to come for Christmas then? Like, we're sharing you with your family." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere for Christmas. Oh well, you're always welcome here for Christmas. No, I get the 25th off, and that's it. Oh, and that's it. Yeah, oh. so I get two days off of Thanksgiving. Well, you can, like, FaceTime in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because Savannah was like, Savannah literally was like, well, maybe I'll come for Christmas instead in case he comes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, isn't that nice? I know, I'll try, I'll try to make next one. Um, but... Uh, we know, you're a doctor with a busy yeah. schedule. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't always be here for us. Yeah. But yeah, friendships certainly make yeah. life, like, yeah. infinitely more livable. And one thing that I did notice about school was that everybody struggled. It was, oh, yeah. it was different things sometimes that, you know, you couldn't compare the two, but everyone, especially in medical school, everyone dealt with some pretty serious struggles to yeah. get through it. Yeah. And I think that that's just generalizable in life. It's, For sure. Everyone sort of has their own issues, but it was interesting because it was like everyone was in the same program, the exact same curriculum, exact same test questions, and everyone was struggling for different reasons. Yeah. Which is kind of like interesting. That. Um, oh humanity so have we ever felt like giving up on our or did i pick this one uh no. i think i did no no you didn't well then have you ever felt like giving up on your journey or career path uh certainly many times um i mean sometimes i very literally did yeah i was gonna up. say like i um, literally have I, yeah I, I i truly have given up um I would say growing up, uh, I felt like giving up on the advanced program at certain points uh -huh. um, because I was like, I've got other like real stuff to deal with. Like I can't yeah. be doing yeah. this. But then I went into the normal English class for literally one day Yeah, and they were reading aloud and a kid was struggling over the word the, they were like, to her, to her. And I was like, this is really like 
sad that our schooling is this separated. Like we were reading at a college level, like in our class, like in the fourth grade. And so I'm like, clearly this school has been prioritizing. Yeah. I think they should have, they should (laughs) have stuck us in there. I think they should have too. Made us help. I agree. I agree now. Yeah. But I, I would have hated it then. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's dangerous with, with kids yeah. because sometimes kids don't want to help and that's fine. Yeah. Like so like I it would have been good for our socialization and it probably would have been good for them too. Um but like this was in like the 7th or 8th grade and yeah. I was just like yeah, I can't go back to this right now. Like I'm just going to stick in the advanced program. So that was one time I was like yeah, I'm dealing with real life stuff. I, I can't do this right now. But then I was like, no, this is actually a good out for me, like a good outlet for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and then in college, um, when I was still going to be an orthodontist, mm-hmm. uh, we, Ellie and I were in the same physics class, uh, physics with calc. 161 oh yeah yep and we had a professor that we really did not enjoy in was fact, he out to fail you it was actually a woman and she was out to teach poorly um <laughs> she was one of those people that just like probably shouldn't been a teacher but also was like like wanted to be a teacher so like she was like trying to do oh. all these things that were like researched and good teaching and prep like Oh, in theory, weird. but in practice, she was just really bad at it. Okay. Um, and then she always let us have like take home tests and Ellie and I would do them together because she said you can. Okay. She was like, you guys can do tests together. Um, you just can't like copy each other. Mm-hmm. And so we would. We would do them every time and it was never an issue. And then the final, uh, oh. we did it the exact same way. And she was like, this is, this is too similar. Like you guys are cheating. Telling me about that. Yeah. And then she literally used one of our other tests. We did exactly the same way as an example of what working together is supposed to look like. Yeah. And I was like, what? And so we are like, our grade is on hold. So we can't register for the next section uh, and stuff um so it completely threw off our schedule for the next quarter so i just threw in an education class mm-hmm. just because it's something i'd always been interested in um and we had to go to this cheating class at the testing center that we had to pay for and it was the most embarrassing that horrifying thing um and then the actual like powerpoint I class out. i know right like legitimately yeah. i was like this is ridiculous and i feel a lot of like sadness right now yeah. um and the f- god the test <laughs> they made us take <laughs> the test like my palms are starting to sweat the <laughs> test they made or not the test but like the class it was really just like a powerpoint that like somebody jazzed up um <laughs> It was like a PowerPoint they tried to make into a video game. It was, oh God, it was terrible. Like it was embarrassing for them too. Like, yeah, that, that is I what can imagine, like, that is what is they thought was going to change yeah. <laughs> our minds about God. cheating. Um, and it was like we had to walk through the Garden of Deceit. Are that was you part of the pathway. Serious? We walked through the Garden of Deceit, and then like one of the last tabs <laughs> was first of all, it wasn't a cheetah. It was a jaguar and they were and the the caption was like can a cheetah change its spots and i was like oh my god i don't even know how to unpack that i know honestly that was traumatizing i was like what is this what is happening and then she decided that like it wasn't egregious enough even and we just got it in the class anyways and i was like you literally 
oh, you derailed my life. Like actually not being able to take the next classes in that series was actually really messed up my schedule. Um, for like the following year to half, yeah, because some classes are only offered yep. certain quarters. Yeah, you have to get in and cycle. Uh huh. And so, I took that education class, and I was just like infinitely happier immediately. And then I was just like, why? Like I know I don't like orthodontics. It's boring and stupid. Yeah. yeah. And I hate it. So yeah. why am I forcing myself down this? Yep. Um, so that I did give up on yeah. orthodontics. I was like, yep, yeah, it's not making me happy. It's not worth making a lot more money to be yeah. much more depressed and yeah. bored. Um, so then I went to teaching. Yeah. And it's way better. You ever think about giving up on that? Um, once you got on that path? Not once I got on the path versus like once I actually got into teaching. Oh, okay. Not that I think about giving up, but I. I think about if it's sustainable, like I truly couldn't support myself financially. Right. I like, I right. very legitimately right. just by the numbers could not support myself right. financially. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have Garrett. Right. Um, so thinking yeah, about down the road, like if we have kids, um, yeah, it's might not be sustainable. Yeah. Uh, also a lot of laws that are passed and curriculums that are forced upon yeah. you, I simply don't agree with. Yeah. And I truly wouldn't teach. Like yeah. I would walk out that day Yeah, if they're like, we're going to fire you about this. And I'd, I'd say, okay, well, this yeah. is a line that I've drawn and I'm, I'm absolutely not going to teach any of the things that you just told me to teach. Yeah. Um, so it's more like from that standpoint of the expectations placed on teachers from society and then like legal percussions yeah and how i just i refuse to teach children things that are clearly like legitimately yeah. factually wrong or or definitely hateful. harmful yeah 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 um so fair enough it's it's those things that would yeah. get me out of it yeah i had a uh, similar experience of i felt like giving up numerous times and did and that's where that's how i got to be here I went into college. I, I like graduated high school and I was like, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to learn how to be a computer programmer because I love computers and I love video games. Uh, and so I engaged in the coursework and I did those horrible weed out courses we were talking about mm -hmm. and I did not pass them. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I actually passed them really, I did really well, but I wasn't good enough to get into the major. Into the program. So yeah. I was rejected from the computer science major. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll do this. There was like this major that was like, would get you into medical school was mm -hmm. like the claim. It was the neurobiology major. Oh, God. The one that Graham did. Yeah. My best friend Graham did, uh, who failed organic chemistry like four like times. Like four times. Uh, he just wouldn't. He was just doctor, so bad right at now. organic chemistry. Um, yeah. It's, it's, he was specially He's insanely bad, bad in, at organic he chemistry. He tried too, and it just didn't. I know. Ever, but, I know. Because uh, I, I remember yeah. one time I had already taken organic chemistry, and he was like, do you know how to do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I absolutely do. And he was like, I've been trying to do this for four full quarters and i was like oh no and uh, again to preface graham is like a very smart individual yeah. too he's the best he's, example of like brilliance yeah has different facets. yes 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 uh very brilliant also very stupid learned how to tie his shoes mid-high school when you guys were moving for college uh he didn't know how to 
tape a moving box together and i was like i'll show you how and he's like no i'm trying to figure it out and i watched him (laughs) literally try to figure out how to tape a moving box together for i don't potentially an hour and a half and i mean a lot of my interactions with him when he does something like that i'm like you stop i'm i'm doing this yeah but, yeah, no, which, I was like, know, I'm just going to let him grow. Give me the opportunity to grow and learn. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah it, but also extremely brilliant Yeah, uh, in a lot of ways. But he thought about giving up on the third or fourth Ochem. He was yeah, like, should I yeah. really be he doing like, this? He was like, is this the path for me? Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't get into the neurobiology major either. And uh, I forget if I applied for a different one. But then I ended up in the microbiology major because everywhere else rejected me. Um, and that ended up where I worked in the virology lab that I originally worked where I like, uh, was doing viral discovery, like shaking up bees and moths. Oh yeah. And, and made the poop. old swaggy virus. Swaggy dude. virus. That's a good one. If there are any mass effect fans, I named one Voli virus for Voli like the virus. Volus. Yeah. And then there was a big virus that I named the biggie virus. Oh yeah. 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 So the scientists that are naming things and you're like, why is it named that? It's because people like Ryan. Yeah. They were just like, well, it's kind of big. So biggie virus. Biggie virus. And you got a shout out to the greats too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we love biggie. So I worked in that job and I really liked it. Uh, but then I was like, I don't know, I guess I'll like join the Navy or whatever. And then as we've discussed, <laughs> that didn't work out. And so I gave up on that dream too. And then I was like, well, I'll go to medical school. And I did. So I gave up a bunch of times. I sort of oh, just yeah. fell in. Well, I mean, yeah. there was work. I, I applied work at different points, but there were a lot of doors that closed that forced yeah. me to be on To go out path. the window. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I never felt like giving up on uh, once I got into medical school simply because my debt load was too great yeah. to ever consider it. For sure. Like once if I didn't that have debt, in. I probably honestly wouldn't, I might've quit. Yeah. But I just couldn't. Like, I've already, I've already sunk so much money into the <laughs> yeah. ship that the I, economics of it were not have feasible to get out. after the first quarter. Yeah. The only way out was through legitimately. Yeah. yeah. So I, I never even thought about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that. Um, I guess the short answer is yes, a lot. And yeah. I, 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 I've done it. Yep. So For sure. Did I pick this one again? Um, yeah. All right. This one's specifically for you, too. How does okay. it feel to have people die on you? Slash how do you deal with the trauma of people dying yeah. in the medical field? I think that's a really good question. And this one always... It's hard to describe to people that don't deal with it professionally because it's really different when you're dealing with death and loss and suffering personally Mm. than it is professionally. Um, And when you deal with it professionally, there's this really weird occurrence where you, it's just another day at the office. It's something that you do, but then you keep going on with your day Yeah, and you keep working and you sort of have to, you you can't really do a good job for your other patients if you let it stop you in the moment. Yeah. So you have to get really good at not thinking about it and right then. And the healthy thing to do is to think about it later. later. But not everyone does that. Yeah. Um, and so for me personally, uh, some of them have been sad. Some of them have haven't been that sad sometimes people die and it's okay and really it's really situation dependent yeah Um, like sometimes it's like yes this person needs to die like it is 
it's a release it's from in suffering. their best interest yeah. for them to die right now yeah. like they are old or they are in extreme pain that they're never yep. going to recover from and yep. yeah so the only times i think i've seen you really struggle with it was when you like did like like time and like OBGYN or NICU stuff that yeah. were like babies were the babies were bad yeah um and the most of my struggles have actually come from the ones that didn't die yeah the ones that kept suffering with no possible hope of ever not suffering yeah and I I don't know those those still make me sad um but as far as the death and the loss I mean in some ways Sometimes it does feel like an actual failure, like you didn't yeah. do your job and that's why they died. But sometimes it's like they were dying anyways. And yeah. It is what it is. So if you do feel like it's a failure, how, how, how do you deal with that specifically? If you feel like you are the reason that they died? Um, so I've never felt like I was the reason someone has died. I've felt responsible for suffering mm -hmm. and pain before. And what the surgeons always say is that every every surgeon carries with them a graveyard mm. of their mistakes, and they don't all die. But you know, if you mess up in surgery, and people do, you mm -hmm. can cause serious life altering outcomes. Yeah, uh, and you just learn from them. You have to learn from them and keep moving. Yeah, and I think that it requires a lot of the people that do well with it give themselves the grace to know that it is actually unreasonable to expect them to be flawless all Every of the time. time. Yeah. And that the best you can do is accept it and improve and never make that same mistake again. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one of those things where like everybody makes mistakes Yeah. and how you deal with those mistakes is why it matters. Even if it's a different scale, yeah. like it's the same concept that if you endlessly berate yourself for a mistake like yeah. that's in the past there's nothing yeah. there's literally nothing you can do and about it's detrimental it. to your future patients yeah too. yeah you need, to, you need to learn from it mm -hmm. and especially when it's something like you know you can't let yourself get scared yeah of, i mean like you can't not prescribe a medication because you did it wrong once yeah that's bad for everybody yep so you have to move forward somehow yeah for yeah. sure yeah learning from failure failure is how we learn yep I say it in class a lot, but yep. like you can't view failure as like a life destroying thing. No. You have to, if you are to deal with something, you have to look at what yep. happened, why it happened, what you can change yep. in yourself. It, like sometimes it's not even something like I specifically did this thing like with my hands, like I thought this thing yep. and it had this outcome. So changing your actions or your thoughts or Yep. Values sometimes. And the surgeons do it. They have a weekly conference. Sometimes it's less than weekly. It's like monthly or something, but it's called the morbidity and mortality conference mm. where every bad, if someone dies on the table, you will be at that conference talking in the room. It's, they literally do it in like an auditorium Yeah, and they get every surgeon in the department in the auditorium and you talk about what you did, what went wrong, why it happened and I've seen people get grilled before, yeah. Uh, but I've also seen people, you know, give reasons and were given critiques and tips for what to do next time and sort of help moving forward. Um, but they, yeah. they meet and intentionally think about and discuss the failures yeah. and stuff. It's so, not something they sweep under the rug. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. You can't sweep stuff under the rug. Uh, we're already on the medical path. Let's okay. go with the... Uh, 
let's let's just go with a little rant. Okay. Uh, a little Ryan rant about smallpox and yeah. infectious disease and virology, dude. Yes, I heard that there was a special request for smallpox, um, mm-hmm. which is a very very interesting virus. Um, I did a couple. One time we actually did synthesize a small po- a small part of the smallpox like genome because uh-huh. uh, we were doing this experiment where we needed a piece of DNA that was real, but you would also never see in nature. Oh, okay. Because real DNA, um, like the different nucleotides, like the A's, the C's, the T's, and G's, they all have different shapes. And so DNA that's actually used has specific properties yeah. that if you just randomly generated letters wouldn't work. Yeah. So we were like, well, we need something that is real, but we never see. Yeah. And we were like beating our heads with like, well, what do we use? Because we need to find something that's real, but will never end up in our lab. Yeah. And it's like a virology lab. And we're like, we so need you're viral like, everything DNA. Everything is happening yeah. in this lab. <laughs> um, and so we ended up doing, actually, we ended up, we thought about smallpox, but we ended up doing rinder pests which is a disease of cattle that has also been eradicated. Okay. Um, so there's two Yeah, you're two like, let's not, let's not bring this baby yeah. back. We could have, though. Uh, across the street, there was a DNA synthesis lab where they just, like, cook up DNA for yep, you. Yep, yep, yep. And you, we, could just, we could have just sent them parts. And you can make proteins uh, in other cells and Dude, stuff. Dude, I just had a flashback that I have to interrupt you. Is like my favorite thing when you worked in the virology lab was just like walking to breakfast after like a night out. And always, we would always see somebody that worked in the virology lab with you. Like it never, <laughs> ever, ever failed. Oh, yeah. And I was like, there's like eight people in this freaking lab, dude. And we always see one. Uh, so yeah. I remember just, that. Just, that. And that they were like, always super cool too. Everyone oh, yeah. that worked in that lab was sweet. They're all great. I'm going to meet up with someone in November. Are you? Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, but uh, I derailed the smallpox. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, you can just Google if you go into um, NCBI GenBank and you search for smallpox. Uh, I love NCBI GenBank. You can Gen Bank. find the entire smallpox genome. Oh yeah. Um, and you can find what proteins it produces, what the protein sequences are. That's how I checked all my own genetic data because they give you the raw data too. Oh, yeah, you you like yeah, blasted it. Yeah, I was it. like, I just blasted it. Yeah. I was like, for all the things that like, yeah, we don't want to tell you if you have this. You're like, or well, we don't <laughs> test this. I was just like, I'll just put in that section. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, so you can look and find the smallpox. Uh, genes all there and the problem is is that the smallpox virus so if you just made the dna you need the proteins that it makes to Mm -hmm. to get it to get an infection yeah so you would need a way of synthesizing the proteins and stuff but there is smallpox that exists yeah so we haven't destroyed all of the stocks um there's a really good book by richard preston if you're interested it's called the demon in the freezer this Ooh, is the guy that wrote yeah. the hot zone. I like Richard Preston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the demon in the freezer. It's easy to understand. It's easy to read, and it's just about some of the stuff, like how Russia had this big hot smallpox lab, uh, and well, it wasn't Russia. I guess it was the Soviet Union. Yeah. And then you know it sort of just shut down, and the smallpox was never accounted for. Um, Awkward. So there's smallpox in definitely in the CDC lab and definitely in one of the Russian facilities as well. Mm-hmm. 
but it's likely that it's other places. Um, the nice thing is we have a vaccine to smallpox. Yes. Uh, we also have an antiviral that works that we use for monkeypox. Yeah. Because we just dealt with a monkeypox outbreak, which is very related. It's pox viruses infect almost every animal yeah. on the planet. There's zebra pox. There's zebra fish pox. There's like shrimp pox. It's crazy. Uh, these viruses are amazing. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that, but there are a lot of pox viruses and they're all really cool. They are really cool. Um, unless they've been like breeding super pox or something. They might be. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that I've sort of thought about how you might do that. Oh yeah. But the, the monkey pox outbreak, we, um, there was this concern because when we test, we can test by growing virus and culture. And so there was this concern where what if someone accidentally sends us smallpox mm. and then we grow smallpox Gross, in our lab. Yeah. And so we had to like find a way to make sure that we wouldn't grow smallpox. <laughs> That's good. On I'm, glad, I'm glad you found, found that out, dude. Um, and so that was pretty good. But we have a vaccine that works and we have treatments that work. And honestly, I think that an outbreak would be of such concern that it would be dealt with almost immediately. Yeah. And it wouldn't end up being that big of a deal. Smallpox isn't a very good bioterror agent either because the thing with bioterror agents is that you want them to be... Like, if coronavirus was a bioterrorism agent, it was a terrible one. It just killed, like, a lot of people for no reason. Yeah. It didn't disproportionately... Well, it did disproportionately affect, like... I don't know, everywhere poor, but it wasn't like a strategic weapon where you're yeah. like, ooh, this will like really mess with uh, Poland, who we don't like right now. Yeah. So you need them like containable. Like it needs to have an actual like small contained use. Yeah. And smallpox is not good for that. So actually things with bad human to human transmission, like yeah. anthrax. That's anthrax why anthrax is, is so good. good. It's airborne and human to human doesn't really spread that well. So if you just spread it in a town, you'll just kill the people in the town. Yeah. Um, so it's it's actually not about like what will kill the most people for bioterror agents. It's, it's like what will kill, kill who you want to yep. kill. Yeah. It's the same thing with explosives chemistry. Um, yeah, dynamite is you have to explode dynamite to get it explode. Yeah, it's not even that explosive, uh, but you can melt it without it exploding. You can pour it; it only goes boom when you want it. Yeah. If you get your mad scientist hat on, you just try to cook up the most explosive thing you can in a lab. You can. Oh yeah, easily. And these are things that will like. I'm not kidding. They spontaneously combust if you, like, turn the lights on. Yeah. Or if, like, you talk. Yeah. The vibration will, like, cause them to explode. I know. Those are always wild. Uh, and those are horrible. They would never work as weapons. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're just, like, theoretical research. You want those nice nice things that you have a good a good amount of control over. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's sort of my little bit on smallpox and virology. On smallpox and virology. Um, favorite memory together. And yeah. in general, what's in yours? Theory. So is that two separate ones? Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's see. My favorite memories in general are always like little things. Okay. Like driving in the car and like blasting a certain song and having the windows down and like just being with friends. Like it's, it's not usually like some huge event. It's just like yeah. those little times when you're like, yeah, we'll probably never experience this yep. exact thing again. And it's just so nice in I, this moment yep i swear i achieved nirvana a couple times like that i just felt yeah. totally free from suffering yeah i'm totally and just at like peace. especially those moments that in that moment i recognize yes. how 
yeah. perfect that moment yeah. is. So yeah. I can't really cite like one great memory. It's just like those little things where you're like, I am with people that I love and I am just yep. purely happy right now. Yeah. Um, our favorite memory together. Oh, wait, no, you say your favorite general. Memory. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Totally. I remember, I remember the moment I felt like I had, I truly like was totally at peace. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was late at night. I was with Graham and Griffin. We were walking back from Beth's cafe oh, Beth's late cafe, at night, dude. like five mile walk the through Green Lake. The biggest tragedy of COVID. I had cooked up that uh, that stuff I used to make where I'd take baker's yeast and Whole Foods organic apple juice yeah. and ferment it in my closet. Yeah. And we had like... The old a, mead closet. Yeah, we had a gallon jug of that that we were just carrying around. <laughs> I, was, I just remember walking on the the thing that... What's like the, cur- the curb? I was just walking <laughs> yeah, on the, the curb. curb and I realized that that moment was perfect. Yeah. And that... Yeah. It's Everything always just little things okay. like that. I, I felt like I was just like, there's nothing inherently yeah. memorable about that. No. Like that's not something that was no. uncommon. No, it's just no. like that was just a truly wonderful time. Yep. Favorite memories together. We've got some good ones. Honestly, I like honestly the the avocado, the guacamole, the death by garlic guacamole. Death by garlic guacamole. That, that was, was a, good a really one. good night. <laughs> That's that. That's one of my favorites too. Certainly, we saved somebody's life. Yeah, we did. We put her own vomit in she her sink to teach her a lesson. Bathroom. Yeah. So okay. So make sure that if you go out and you get too rowdy, that you are with people that you trust. Because seriously, this woman, what, girl, this was yeah. just left in the bathroom. Yeah, we were in. How college. did we even find her? Someone was like, somebody hey, Ryan. came and asked us for help because we were, like, we were in the. Okay? We were in the common area kitchen. Yeah, and then they immediately left too. And then they left too because they were a friend of their friends. Like they were in the yeah. group, but they had never met that girl before. And her friends just completely left her. And he was the only person that was like, she's going to die if we leave her. Yep. And man, I remember thinking like, I, like she's lucky I didn't take her wallet. I know. Uh, and that's like, I don't know, at, nice the, at, the, at the, yeah. wor- at the least. Yeah. But we, we like, tucked her in. You, t- was, you took such good care I of her. I did. I did. <laughs> what can I say? I'm just she really. Puked. In the bag. In my hands. In a plastic bag. Yeah. And I don't like puke, guys. You know that. And then we um, got her into her room. Took off her boots. Took off her boots. I they were like big boots, weren't they? They were. They were yeah. big boots. And um, then you just put her on put... her side and gave her something to throw up in some water, made sure. Mm-hmm. Well, this was after I'd already assessed that she wasn't going to die anymore. Because when yeah. we were actually downstairs in the bathroom, like she was shivering. I was like, we're going to have to call the paramedics. Yeah, we were seriously thinking uh, about yeah. it. Uh, the only reason I didn't immediately is because you had just been an EMT. Yeah. And she um, wasn't like immediately dying. Yeah. So, so then once we, I was like, we'll get her up to her room. She's vomited enough at this point. Yeah. We'll get her up to her room. See how she does when she's not on a cold, yeah, hard floor. Cold in um, so we got her up to her room. She puked in a bag in my hands while somebody was trying to unlock the door, struggling to unlock the door. Didn't <laughs> I bet it was Graham or it, something. It was like with keys. It started off as Griffin and then it, and then Lauren had to take the keys and, and do it. Um, but yeah, we tucked her in made sure she was okay i put the puke in like in sink. the big in in the big in the bag in her sink like i didn't i did nothing with it because i was like i'm not dealing with this right now and she needs to know yeah 
And then um, we we tucked her in and then we and tucked her in and, and never saw her again, dude. Out. Yeah, we yeah. were literally like her guardian angels that yeah. night. Yeah. So that was actually a pretty a pretty great memory. And then the next day we woke up, we had been <laughs> making uh, guacamole. And, and we returned like to making was, guacamole. There was no such thing as too much garlic. There was garlic, no was such thing as too much garlic. That was the Were thought. the words of you. <laughs> And we ate this whole thing. And, uh, and we all ate it. We all ate it. Like, don't get me wrong. It was pretty good, but it was like just eating raw garlic. And the next day we woke up and everybody was just like, oh my God. It was the worst morning. I have literally I have never, I've never, never come tasted close anything ever worse. again. Yeah. yeah. Never tasted or smelled yeah. anything worse than everybody's yeah. morning breath after the garlic explosion. Was that a really was a really complete night. night. That was. We had, that was a great <laughs> journey, dude. <laughs> But yeah, um, if you're going to get really, really, really drunk, be sure you do it with people you really trust. Yeah. I think that's the takeaway. And yeah. there is such a thing as too much garlic. There is. Yeah. yeah. Two takeaways. Uh, have good friends that you trust. Yeah. Or and, other drugs. Or other drugs. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be alcohol. Whatever whatever you yeah. may do in your lives, make sure you're with people you trust because yeah. not everybody's chill. Yeah. And um, it could have very easily been somebody else that was asked for help that yeah. was more insidious than us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Um, the You Think We're Spiders is a classic. What? The time that you tried to convince me that like women weren't born with all the eggs that they had. <laughs> and I was like, no, Ryan, really? And you're so like, good. you think we're spiders? And I was like, that's actually a really bad comparison, but I know for a fact... <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. And then he asked your dad, and your dad was like, yeah, she's uh, totally right. And my dad was like, have I failed raising my child? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> my dad literally teaches anatomy. Yep. And this was not a subject that was, like, spared. I was spared No, from. no, like, no. I, I was taught a lot of stuff. Yeah, I would go over to your house, and there'd just be diagrams everywhere. And I was just like, yeah, because I remember when I was like, hey, I literally asked them. I was like, hey, mom and dad. How are babies made? And they and were like, like, "We've they cracked their knuckles." Yeah, we were like, "We've been we've planning been for this. Here's a, some reading you can do, <laughs> and he, let's review the textbook." I love them. <laughs> oh god, they're so good. And it was some light reading. It was honestly a really good book. Uh, I forget the name of it. I'll have to ask my parents because it it would be like something I would give my kid. Yeah, yeah. It was really good, really informative. Yeah, and I, I feel like your mom, as a as a high school nurse, was uniquely. Uh, had her eyes open to yeah. the, the trials of youth. Yeah. Certainly. Um, but yeah, that actually, like, that's when I think back of fondly to this day. God, that was so When you good. argue with me about it. And Zoe took your side because she just assumed you were right. I assumed I was right. And I was like, these people got to learn. <laughs> and my favorite thing was that you didn't ask your dad until like two weeks later. <laughs> Because it was, like, still tickling the back of your mind. And then you didn't tell me until, like, a two weeks later after that when I was going over to your house and you thought your dad would probably bring it up. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get found out. Yeah, yeah, she's going to know. She's going to know. That was so funny. And then when you lived alone and we went oh, to good. that, um, we went to that, that pub. The oh, one where I played the worst shot in the great. world game. That was great. That was a great night. That was a really good night. And then, like, there was just that, like, fire under the bridge. Oh, yeah. And we microwaved. We microwaved IPAs. IPAs. And it was really good. It was. Because I saw it on a YouTube video, and I was like, there's no way that's drinkable. And then it was was quite lovely. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are yeah, those, those are some, some good memories. Some solid memes. Yeah, the the garlic thing. The garlic. Oh I will just my never, god! Ever, ever I can that. still taste it. Oh, I think also a highlight uh, memory was when I bet double or nothing on that cribbage oh, game. Oh yeah, that was terrible. That was the best luck I've ever had. That in my was life. terrible. But, and then I was gonna win, but then that old man had to say, "I think she's got you." Got this in. She's the- got this in the bag. I was like, "No!" I felt the luck drain out of me. <laughs> So, yeah, I was teaching Ryan how to play cribbage. We had played, like, 39 games or something ridiculous. Yeah, and and he had I, never beaten me. And, and I was up, like, and, 60 all yep, of a sudden. Yep, and then he was like, double or nothing, this this counts for it all. And, uh, and uh, he he did win. And then it took eight years to it took dig eight out of the years, hole. And, and now we're, I think we're, like, tied right now. Oh, really? Maybe. Yeah. Still doing good then. Yeah. That was a great bet. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta yeah, throw the dice. Yeah, it came for you, dude. <laughs> Um. Well, we're sort of already talking about this. Wait, let's let's do this one. Okay, I think, think that's a good okay. ending one. Yeah. So thoughts on snowy weather snowy with details, weather. likes with details. and dislikes, and what we like to see. Okay, I love the snow. I hate being hot. I love being okay. cold. Um, I the snow just reminds me of going up in the mountains and mm-hmm. just like, just having, like the childhood joy. You know, like just the best times. Like mm-hmm. we would always go sledding. Um, I never got to go skiing really until recently, but I like skiing now quite a bit. Um, I love the snow. I love stupid gimmicky snow things too. Oh, really? Like I love going to Leavenworth okay. in, in the snow okay. when it's just like there's ice sculptures everywhere uh-huh. and you know, it's just magical. And you like go to the ice rink. And you go to the ice rink. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And you get your gingerbread cookie yeah. and yeah. You really like bratwurst. Oh, I love pumpkin yeah. patches, oh, but those aren't God. usually a snowy activity. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying you're basic. Yeah, but when the snow does start to wane for me is when it just turns into slush yeah. and ice. Yeah. So when it's just that slushy compact, that's when I'm usually over winter. Yeah, I'm that's like, yeah, fair. I'm actually all good on this one. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I love the snow. I agree. I love snowing. Um, oh yeah. What I used to do in college, and maybe we'll have to remove this in post, but uh, every time it snowed, which wasn't often, I just got really, really, really high. Yeah. And then walked. Uh, I'm gonna preface this with this was legal. He was of legal age. I was. And, it was and, totally in legal. In college and in Washington. I was over 21. And so in I the think state that we can. Legal. I think we can say that. Yeah. <laughs> and I would. I literally walked like five miles. And I had my tongue out the whole time. Oh, and I was yeah. just going from snowflake to snowflake. Classic. But I really like how quiet it gets. Um, I like walking alone at night anyways. Mm-hmm. And when it's snowing and everything's dampened and quiet and no one's out, it just feels like you're totally alone in the world. Especially yeah. when it's snowing like crazy and no one is driving for any reason. It's like three in the morning and you're like stomping around in snow boots. You can just like walk in the middle of the street, like look at the street lights. Yeah. Especially in a town like Seattle or Bellingham yeah. where nobody can drive in the snow. Oh gosh. So, oh, so that I was going to say, that's my dislike. That's my dislike too. Uh, because we grew up driving in snow. Um, so going to school in places where they didn't drive to school, like the whole town would shut down. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. Well, for like a centimeter. It made sense in Seattle because it's hilly. Seattle doesn't even know how to drive in the rain and it always I rains. I know. It's always <laughs> raining. I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? 
Um, but yeah, that's a big dislike for me is yeah. other drivers in the snow. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, you can just kind of walk and wander yeah. and sled down the hills there because there yep. will never, ever be a car. Yep. Ever. Not and one. It's really, really cool and unique. Yeah. yeah. And in Bellingham when I was in my teaching program, they used to have when the town would shut down and one, one year the snowmageddon or whatever, it shut down for like two weeks. And so we just didn't have class for like two weeks. And, um, all the breweries in town had teacher specials. Nice. And it was really nice. And even student teachers and teaching program students. So we got like half price drinks, like everywhere we went for two weeks. Nice. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Nice. But yeah. All right. So last question. Wildest thing we did in, in college. Po- this is another one that might have to be taken out in post. Yeah. Cause we certainly got up to some shenanigans. Yeah. Um, for me, the wildest. Okay. I can't remember if these were the same nights or two different nights that I'm putting together. Okay. Uh, were the shot night, the shot party night, the same <laughs> as Kyler's birthday. No. Okay. Separate events. So those were probably two white parties that you ever threw, certainly, the that, I, that I attended to. The party was the truly wildest thing. I, I didn't know that parties like that were real. Yeah. So they threw a party <laughs> that was shots-themed. You had to do a shot to get in the door. Mm-hmm. All the drinks were shots. There was, we, there was like jungle juice too that unfortunately I think R- Jacob and I made. Yes. The um, most unfortunate and event. Yeah, we, we had we, the Hawaiian gym, like the 58 yes, cent punch. Yes. And that was pretty much mixed one to one with vodka. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, and everybody complained that we killed them, but uh, we were just like, no one was the party. forcing them to drink. Yeah, exactly. They made the choice to drink. Um, they also played Rage Cage, which is a drinking game that you probably don't know. It's not as popular over here as it is over there. Um, and that was played with shots, which anyone who knows what Rage Cage is, it should never, ever be played no. with shots. So that night was crazy. Yeah, that was truly wild. Um, but then the Kyler's birthday was a terrible time. <laughs> I mean, it was really fun, but some very unfortunate things happened that night. That was the first time Graham tried. Oh my God. And yeah, he, uh, in his own words, went straight to hell for 10 hours. <laughs> uh, oh God. He told me later, he was like, you know, I saw you. It was like, you were flickering around my room mm-hmm. and it was really distressing. Oh, God. Like, in a bad way, I was haunting him. Oh, my God. Uh, the time that we saw that guy so jazzed about raccoon coitus. Oh, my God. That, I forgot that about was that. so good. We were leaving. We were, like, egging him on. Yeah, we went to get Mexican food at 2 in the morning at the U District. And on our way walking back uh, to their house in college, this guy was like, guys, look look and we were like oh my god are we gonna get stopped because that's not super uncommon there i was like he's trying to get us um but then he's like look there's two raccoons making love (laughs) (laughs) and he was so so excited he was like look at the look at the majesty and we're it's like two mangy like city raccoons I forgot about that. And, and I remember him saying, making love. Making love. And he was just so jazzed. It was like a weirdly wholesome moment. It like really very was. urban wholesome. Yeah. 
and that like really made that was like the brightest spot in that night yeah yeah um so those are three uh i would say that okay one of these is definitely gonna have to be taken out in post um so for me personally uh wow actually now that i'm looking at wins you weren't at there there were some pretty pretty wild (laughs) nights Mm -hmm. um one time uh we went to this random house party when we were freshmen because um, I was with Mary Powers and you know her. Yes. So it was truly the most college experience that I've ever had. Uh, to the point where at one at one point the keg blew. Okay. Um, and this kid and like there's music and dancing and mm-hmm. one of the kids at the house he stood up on a chair and silenced the party. He was like if the if the music stopped you're like right and he said he's like guys. Um, Bad news, the keg blew. Uh, we have the the best drunken minds working on this right now <laughs> as we speak. But in case it doesn't turn out, we can't get it fixed. Um, we're taking up a collection for another keg that we can have delivered to the party. And we were like, oh no. And he was like, yes, I know. Um, nobody is expected to to mm-hmm. to put anything in but uh we'll get one regardless but it it it'd help out the house um and as he's saying this from the back of the room you hear we have beer and then the whole party raises their hands and screams we have beer they turn the music back on and the party raged oh and that was just probably the most like stereotypical college yeah. moment that i've ever had in my life um so yeah that there's stereotypical college nice i have some other ones but god i just go on forever yeah and not all of them are not all of them are savory or good yeah that's the that's the thing yeah so So, probably the best story i can tell about that in college uh we actually did some crazy stuff that didn't involve drinking um but one thing that stands out to me is there was a party that i was going to it was friday night and I went onto campus for some Friday stuff, and I donated blood on my way home oh. campus. I donated blood at <laughs> I like did that to myself one time thirty too. p.m. on a Friday on campus, and I donated blood. And they were like, "Oh, you know, like cool. Like, what do you have planned?" I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna like go out with my friends." And I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool." <laughs> and they were like, yeah, your blood content's real down, Yeah, they, they, no one warned me about anything. They were just like, oh, you know, like, don't do any strenuous exercise. Don't lift with this arm for two hours. If you get mm-hmm. sick, call us. Have a great day. And I didn't think about it. And I went to my brother's house. And I had, I think it was like two Rainiers. And... Tall boys are regular? Tall boys. Okay. That's pertinent. And that was enough to get me over that edge yeah. where I had no idea what I was consuming anymore. Yeah. And I don't remember a lot of the night. Mm-hmm. I do remember waking up in my brother's flower bread. Like my brother, like the party had ended <laughs> yeah. and I was outside in the flower bed. <laughs> and I woke up and I knocked on the door and I was like, Russ, what happened? And he was like, oh, you're sleeping out there. Man. <laughs> That's a very like, rust thing to be like, oh yeah, like, you fell asleep in the okay. flower bed. And it was like it was like 
I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go home. And he was just like, okay, I, I trust your carrier pigeon instincts. <laughs> He's like, have a nice night. <laughs> and then I walked home and I remember getting tired on the walk home and I laid down again. <laughs> and then I got home and I remember I walked straight through the house. And we had this, like, if you walk straight in the house, you I would walk past my bedroom, past Kyler's bedroom, into the bathroom, uh-huh. and then into the closet past the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> and I ended up in there because I think I was trying to take my shoes off and I wanted to lie down in the closet. <laughs> and so then I woke up and the door was closed. Uh, no. And I didn't know where I was. <laughs> And I, I like texted or called Kyler. And I was like, "Help, man! I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where I am. I like, you're in the bathroom closet, dude." Yeah. And he was like, "You're in the your own bathroom closet." <laughs> um, and so it turns out later the next morning, I discovered that uh, it's pretty common to get a lot more drunk if you donate blood. Yes, yes, um, I too did that exact same thing to myself, but I did not fall asleep in flower beds or yeah. wake up in my bathroom closet. Yeah. Uh, but I did get much more drunk than I expected yeah. after the first few drinks, but I'm I'm a much more, um, I was bred for drinking. Yeah. yeah I've, I come yeah. from two long lines of uh, drinkers, so I, uh, I recognized in time the error of my ways. I still don't take full ownership for that. Everyone I've ever talked about has been like, that's obvious. You didn't think about that. I was like, no, I didn't think about it. No, why would you think about it? And I blame those blood works Northwest people for not being like, like, Hey man, if you're going to drink, just be aware. It'll hit harder. Told you they were going to a Someone party with their friends. Me. Yeah, I literally said I'm gonna go out with friends, which in a college town, like they know. Yeah, like that doesn't mean like we're gonna go like look we're at. We're gonna art go or play D and D that yeah. day. Well, our D and D nights got incredibly lit too. Yeah, they did. Tyler right. literally right, one time right. fell asleep and like literally he was like set. He like slurped all the way out. That of was the chair. my classic black cherry night, dude. Yes. Yeah, the Michelada. Yeah, the Micheladas, yeah. dude. Yeah, that was a good night. Yeah, that was a good night. Well, that that wraps up our questions, though. And if we go much further, we're going to start telling even less appropriate stories to children. (laughs) Um, So, like I said, whoever's editing this, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it and decide what we want to take out and post. Yeah, and I would really like to come visit sometime. And if any of the students have any questions or anything you can relay those to me yeah and i'd be happy to answer them about anything for sure don't forget to like comment and subscribe um shout out ryan dr ryan charles sheen uh do you have anything you want to promote right now uh no oh i want to promote getting vaccinated oh nice please get vaccines cool i Um, love it they're not microchipped. Everyone has already bought their own microchip for thousands of dollars yeah, and loses and their minds the if time. it loses power and yeah. can't track you anymore. So we don't so, even need to microchip the vaccines. Yeah, no. They're safe and effective. And the more of them that you get, the better they work. Yep. So get your flu vaccines every year. You'll never get the flu. You well, may get the flu. That was like, eh. You're very unlikely if you get it but every single year. But you probably won't give it to a baby or an old person. Yep. And that's what counts. And you can get some cool vaccines. Yeah. They're fun. It's like hacking they your own immune system. They give you a sticker. System. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. All Bye, right. kids.